Welcome to the Arise podcast, conversations on faith, race, justice, gender, and the church. And I think maybe Maggie and I need to add in mental health care because we've been having a lot of conversations around mental health and well-being. And so, so honored to have a return uh, podcast guest, Chris Bruno and Tracy Johnson. And they do and cover so many diverse areas of uh, addressing well-being and caring for bodies and souls and tending to story that Maggie and I, and Maggie's unfortunately not able to be with us today, but Maggie and I really believe like, hey, we had Cindy Mesmeron in the past. We want to introduce you to more practitioners, different spaces in the country where you might be able to resource and find help. And so, yeah, just love to hear from you both, like where you're at, what you're up to, and then we'll dig in. Sounds good. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks, Danielle, for uh, having us on. So, do you want to go first, Chris? Do you want me to where I am and what we do? <laughs> I always would love for you to go first. Mm, I would, it would give me joy to go first. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> so, I'm Tracy Johnson, and I live in Austin, Texas. I work with and for Chris Bruno and Restoration Counseling, which is located in Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, and I also am the um, editor in chief and founder of Red Tent Living Magazine, which is an online space for women around the world. So the work that I do is uh, in the virtual world and I do story work and uh, spiritual direction. And I have a team of really wise, wonderful, brilliant people who do the same thing. And we do that all under the umbrella of restoration counseling. So because we, uh, my team is not licensed therapists. We are able to virtually see people all over the world. Um, and we do so, which is great. And I love it. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah. And my name is Chris Bruno and I, uh, started restoration counseling 11 years ago, uh, after having been overseas in the world of missions, uh, and the work that uh, I'm currently involved in is, primarily here also under the uh, umbrella of restoration counseling with, uh, I am a licensed professional counselor. So I also have uh, engagement with our license team, which is local here in Colorado. Uh, and then also Tracy's team, uh, as she said, across the country. And, you know, I would say the work in, in the most recent months and, uh, and years has been more in the realm of intensives and group intensives. Uh, and so that's where, that's where we have uh, the the opportunity to spend more focused time with somebody, uh, one one person, a couple, or a group of people, uh, and uh, I just have found that I love that work. Uh, I, I found that I just love being able to sit uh, sit with people in the space of of their story for an extended period of time. Uh, so I also founded Restoration Project, which is uh, a nonprofit organization where, as Tracy uh, and Red Tent is focused on women, Restoration Project is focused on men. Uh, and so we do uh, fathering and brothering and uh, an exploration of what it means to be a son. Uh, and so a whole bunch of things I could say in that space as well. So Whew, we're just covering all the bases. I love it. So I'm just curious to hear from you two. Um, I know for me, I'm in, located in Paulsville, Washington. And even in the last, I would say, 
like last month, I've had an increase again in inquiries for mental health therapy or coaching or to do story work, which we can talk a little bit about the difference of that too, or just like basic spiritual support or to process spiritual things. And so I've been, you know, scroll through my Rolodex and and like think uh, my virtual one and like, Hey, where do, where can we plug people in or what help is available? So I think I've noticed an uptick and a trend. Of course it's the holiday season, but you know, COVID seems to be unpredictable as we've seen over the last, it's going to be our second Christmas and in a pandemic season. So I'm just curious, as you've seen the past year go by and as we're wrapping up 2021, what types of mental health trends or needs or um, things have you seen coming up? So I would say very similar to what you just described. Um, I felt like we watched sort of a, we kind of had a little lull as we came into summer and um, and I think people maybe felt more free to get out in the sunshine and live their lives. And then it feels like it, we've had another uptick and I am, I am noticing, um, kind of across the board I, that one of the things I think COVID has done and the pandemic and isolation, all of the things associated with it is it's shrunk space that, that used to be expansive inside of people. And, um, and so as that space has gotten smaller, they've noticed that they're, uh, less well. So maybe they had a, you know, twinges of anxiety, it showed up now and again, and now it feels like it's more prevalent or they had, you know, seasons of depression, but now it feels like the depression is just not lifting. Um, so I, I think that has contributed. I've also found that people have, who were, um, you know, maybe masking a struggle with their spirituality by just continuing to do all the things, you know, go to church and go to their Bible study. And as that went away, the, the questions have started to surface more and there's, um, just more disruption around their relationship with God and their relationship with the church. So again, I think that is in the vein of what you've seen, Danielle. Um, but those are the kinds of things that, especially on my team that, that are getting, um, a lot of, we're getting a lot of inquiries and, and a lot of clients coming. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you and what you just said, uh, the way that I've kind of conceptualized where we've been over the last year is that if you remember, you know, we're, we're not only in our second Christmas, but we're heading into a new year's here. And I just remember new year's time, uh, at the end of 2020 and 2021, there was almost this emotional rally that I feel like we as a world had of like, Oh, 2020 sucked. And it sucked the life out of us. And, and it was like, you know, this year that had so many, so many things, COVID, the pandemic was one of them, but it was just, it felt like this barrage of trauma that kept coming, this collective trauma against all of us in 2020. And then we came to 2021 and for whatever reason, you know, it's just one day apart, but kind of mentally and emotionally, there's this surely 2020 uh, is over and 2021 is going to be different. And so I do feel like there was, this sense of kind of this emotional bobbing up to the surface a little bit towards the beginning of the year that 
as we realize this pandemic is going to continue, and as we realize this, Tracy, you were talking these, you know, the uh, the anxiety is not going to go away, or the coping mechanisms that we've right. been like holding on to and white knuckling through 2020, they're they're not going to help us any more than they did before. I feel like towards you know springtime, it was just oh, like this oh it's not, it, things are not shifting, things are not getting better. And so just, I, I think 2021 felt like hope renewed and then uh, this deferred hope um, where, yeah, it just felt like a deferred hope. And, and so then through the year, it was like the thinning and the thinning and the thinning just kept happening and happening and happening. And so for me and in, in, in my work, it was while the, the last bit of hope that we had in relationship that began to be uh, eroded away. And the last little bit of like, oh, friendships or marriages or, uh, you know, this, this sense of like, I can at least have this one relationship that's going to, that's going to make it. And it just felt like over the course of the year, this erosion of hope in the, in that space. And so, I mean, one of the other things that Tracy and I do is we run an online uh, community for marriages uh, called Thrive Marriage Lab. And, and that uh, has been both really good and helpful. And then just over the course of the conversations that we've had with all the members who are all across the country, it's just, it, it's gotten, I don't want to say the word dire, but it's just gotten more um, tense or more thin or more uh, just desperate in some of those ways. Uh, and I don't want to say crisis, but just more desperate in, uh, in a move towards what feels like it could be crisis if it's not really attended too well. So that's my, uh, kind of understanding of where we've been in 2021. Well, I'm set up for, for the same. Right. I mean, I, it's like, if we were, if we thought we were thin coming into 2021, like we are thinner again, there's this, um, almost like, a like you, like you can make no plans, nothing, everything is, is subject to cancellation, you know, just as you start to think, um, well, we're, you know, we're going to be okay. It's like, no, we're, we're not okay again. Well, and, so, and in that, I want to just be like, and so then I, I want to invite people to do something different in 2022. Uh, and it feels like 2021 was almost like, okay, we're going back to normal. And I almost want to invite people to like the, the normal that we knew is different. So therefore the internal work, the mental health work, the emotional work, the relationship work actually has to look different than what it was or what we would have assumed. And you said the word, the spaciousness inside of people. I think that's going to be a really important space for people to consider because I think, you know, just all right, I'm going to exercise again. I'm going to get back outside. I'm going to redo some new year's resolutions and whatever. That's, that's not, that didn't work last year. We hoped it would, we realized it didn't. And I don't think that's going to happen again this year, or it won't help again this year. So I feel like doing that internal work of finding how to expand this space inside rather than going to those same old coping mechanisms, uh, that's going to be an important shift. I think people will need in 2022. Well, those things that you just mentioned, Chris, are, those can be part, those can be part 
of, of what comes in the new year. Right. But I, for sure. I think that, that I love that you said, you know, the idea that we thought we were going to go back to how it had been before. And I think the reality is we will never go back to what it was before. And I, I, that's just a fact now. And so Mm -hmm. I, I think part of what we're learning to do really is that attending to ourselves in ways that so many of us haven't had to attend. (laughs) We just haven't had to, we've had travel and we've had, you know, parties and gatherings and going to your office and just like so much noise that, that has kept us from having to listen to our internal selves and, and what's going on inside. And, um, and I think that, that, that is something that has, has changed. And, and so that, how do I learn to attend to my internal world and what does that mean? And what does that look like for me? And in the realm of what we do, what is the attending that's needed? Because, you know, that some of that really needs to be done by a licensed therapist, that, that, that attending to for some people includes things that need to be done in a therapeutic setting. And then for some of the rest of us, that attending really is that story that our bodies hold and that our souls hold that we, we haven't had to stop and, um, and, and listen and consider what it means to care for that story. Um, for those of us that, that, uh, have a spiritual side to ourselves, right? Like to attend to that story between you and God. Um, and I think that now is the time to do that. Our world has changed. And so the way that we are going to be in our world has to change like it or not. (laughs) Yeah. When you talk, uh, Chris and Tracy, I was just reminded, my friend was telling me that, uh, I go work out, uh, twice a week and people have said, well, why do you, why do you pay a personal trainer? I said, because one, because I don't want to risk getting COVID in a class because it's not worth it to me. And two, I actually like the attention on me. Like I appreciate someone paying attention to my body movement and whatnot. But the other day I was talking with her and we were talking about how the average human uses on a day-to-day basis uses between 50 to 70% of their air capacity in their lungs. So when we're breathing, going through our day, we're only, we're only inflating or inhaling about 50 to 70% of what we have capacity, the oxygen, we have capacity to actually take in and, you know, oxygen nourishes cells and bones and muscles and our mind. Right. And I just, I was blown away by that, that, that just by my unattentiveness to breath. And so I was tracking my heart rate and she was pointing out at one point, my heart rate got high and I looked super calm. And she was like, you're not in your body. I was like, wait, I'm the therapist. You're the trainer. And she's like, if you want to do these, if you want to push yourself hard, you have to be present. You have to know what your heart rate is. You you have to be paying attention to what's going on in your body and how that affects your mental capacity to make decisions on what weights you're going to lift, et cetera. And so those, those are the things that I'm just kind of rolling around in my mind as you both spoke that reminded me of the story with her and just 
when you speak about intensives, it does feel, Chris, like that's an expansion for what's already capacity to be there, but expanding someone's imagination, you know? Yeah. You know, the, um, I, I love that metaphor of how much space is actually in your lungs and how much space is actually in your body and being present to what's actually in your body. And I think some of the work that we do in story is uh, how much of yourself is actually in your body. You said you're not present, right? How present are you to what's happening inside of you? Not just your physical breath, but all of those parts of you that live inside of your body. Can you be aware of them and what is happening? The, the restoration counseling logo is the cross section of a tree. And on the outside of the tree is that adult part of us, that adult tree, but on the inside are all the rings that of, uh, of the life of that tree. And those, those rings are still inside of that tree and, and how those rings are shaped indicate, you know, the, the rain or the dry or the sun and the, and, you know, the shade of another tree against it. It, it, You can read the story of that, how that tree was shaped by those rings on the outside. You just see the, the outside, but all the stories of all the days that that tree has ever lived, live inside that tree. And it's the same with us humans that, that we have all those parts of us that live inside of us. And is there enough space for us to be attentive to? And that's what Tracy's saying, to attend to those parts that are living inside of us and give enough space for them. So, I mean, just for example, like last week, I was in an intensive with a client and there were parts of his, you know, he's a, you know, over 40 year old man. There were parts of his story that uh, of his uh, five-year-old boy his three-year-old boy, his 13-year-old boy, right? His 18-year-old boy, all those parts of him had no space to live inside of it. They had no space to, to kind of like tell their stories and tell what had happened to them and talk about what, what they were engaging. And then here we are in another, you know, COVID pandemic situation where those parts are going to be interacting with the trauma and the anxiety and the isolation. And so we have to, in our present day, have space for our past day to still live inside of us in those ways. Uh, and that, and, and so can we, going back to your lungs, can we have the capacity to increase our lung capacity, not only for breath, for, but for our stories to live within us in an awareness and presence like you're talking about? Mm. Well, and I loved what you said a minute ago, Danielle, that, you know, you're, you're, you've chosen to have a personal trainer because you like that, that trainer's eyes are on you noticing like how your body is positioned, how straight your back is like, what, what is your body doing as you're making, you know, these movements or lifting these weights or whatever. And it's something that you can't do for yourself. Mm -hmm right? Even with a mirror, you, you can't totally see, you know, are you positioned right so that you're not hurting anything? And, and I think that that I had never had someone like witness me like I did when I first started in any kind of, whether it was a counseling relationship or, or story work in a group or whatever, having someone attending to me, noticing 
noticing my eye movement, noticing the shift when they felt like I wasn't present anymore, noticing what my face did as I was telling some particular story. And that, that witnessing back that attending, like invited me to think and to, and to be with myself differently. Like, huh, I don't know. I wonder why I did do that when I was talking about that or, wow, you're right. I'm not here. And you just noticed that I'm not here. Nobody's ever noticed that I'm not here or, or been with me to do that. And, you know, for listeners that have not experienced that, you may think, I don't know, that's a little too woo woo for me. I, I don't know that I would really like that. And I, I, I guess what I want to say, and because I, I live and breathe in this spiritual realm of this work is that this is what, this is what you were designed for. I think this is why Jesus had to come in the flesh because it was, it was that very experience for those who met him, for his disciples, like the witness, right. That is Emmanuel. It's we're a week before Christmas. So I feel really present to that. And, and, you know, to have somebody physically watching you, being with you, noticing you. It is so good when it can happen in the same room, but the truth is it it has been such a a gift to even have, you know, a zoom space that's devoted to that. And, and so this is, this is what God intended all along. And I think this is part of what we've lost over all of our, um, all of the years of noise that has, that has taken up so much space that if there's anything maybe that has happened with the pandemic is that some of that noise has quieted and we don't know what to do with ourselves in the quiet because we've lost our ability for witness and, and to witness one another. I think that's what people are needing and I think it's a really beautiful thing that can be learned in a therapeutic space or a story workspace. And once it's happened, once someone has done that for you and with you enough, you then start to be able to do that with and for other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what's going to heal us in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that just kind of makes me feel silent lately. Like I had a, 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 like my last grandparent passed away during the Thanksgiving week, just the day before Thanksgiving. And, and I cried and I, I grieved her a bit, but just for like the last week when I've been with people, I felt sad and I've let the tears come and mostly it's just my office mates, right? And let the tears come. And they're like, what's going on? And I was just like, I don't really know, but I know I'm sad. And they were like, yeah. And, and one of my colleagues said, you know, I think we're going to be sad for a while. I'm sad too. And we, I didn't have to go into a lot of stories about my grandma and she didn't go into a lot of what was going on with her family. But the idea that that emotion can come and be present and for someone to know I'm sad and for me to know that they're actually sad too. Like that's not an unfamiliar feeling right now. It just has felt, I don't know, just 
it kind of restored some of that, I think restored some space in me. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I think that totally makes sense. As you were talking, Danielle, one of the things I was thinking is that, um, we need to be able to be sad with one another. And I, th- I mean, it's just me, you guys, and you know, tell me if, if I'm wrong, but I, I think that when we're able to experience sadness with one another, that, that the feeling of depression is less because depression is like, I am sad and I am alone and there is no way out. And I feel like I've fallen in this deep pit and I can't get out of it. And, um, I think for some of us, not for all of us, but I think for some of us, it's almost like this climbing down into the pit that we're just, we're alone. And so it's another circle and we're alone and we're alone. And it feels like the rest of the world is not sad and no one else is sad, but but when we can be sad and know that we're not alone in that, I don't think we keep going down at the same rate. I think it's like, oh, okay. All right. Like this is, this this is normal. Feeling sad is normal. It doesn't have to mean that something's wrong with me. I mean, maybe it actually means that something's right with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when we can share that together and just go, yeah, you know what? It, It is, it is sad here's what my sadness is looking like. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's different than Danielle. It's different than yours. I haven't lost a grandparent, but, uh, I've lost a friend Mm -hmm. and, and it is sad. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not going away. Mm -hmm. I love what you guys just talked about because it just is so It's so true. And in my mind, probably the worst experience humans can have is the experience of aloneness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, and I say that in the, you know, the, the worst, okay. So trauma is terrible and all that. That's just the, but this, this experience is if I am in, if I am actually alone, Mm -hmm. then there's something, uh, I don't have a buoy. I don't have a tether. I don't have someone else or something else to kind of keep me, keep me human. I think the human experience is designed to be together. And even, you know, the, the passages in the scripture that talk about mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice And and whether it is mourning or rejoicing, it is, it, it is elevated when we have, uh, a togetherness in the midst of that, you know, and I don't want to say mourning is more mourning when someone is there, but it, it, it is the sense of like the, the being together is elevated when we, when we are in the spaces together. So I just, I love what you just both said. Uh, and to be sad with one another doesn't mean that you're also not capable of being happy or joyful in right. the, in, in the next second. Because I'm sure as you are sad and the experience of your, the loss of your grandmother, uh, there's, there's the sadness that is there. And then there is this, this beautiful memory of who she was and, and both of those can coexist. Uh, but if you're spiraling into depression, that's where we lose the sense of the coexisting 
of of grief and joy and celebration and and sadness being so so close together yeah they really are so connected like yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but most people don't live like they're so connected you know i think that's a I think that's a sad byproduct, you know, particularly in, in a lot of, uh, church circles that we can't have sadness and joy coexisting. We're just, we're, because we're supposed to focus on the joy and we're supposed to be joyful. And we're not supposed to mourn like those who don't have hope and that all of that. And I think that contributes to people feeling alone because you won't, I can't, I can't be at church and have my sadness shared. I'm going to be told I need to, you know, rally and come up out of it and grab on to some hope or some joy or something so that everybody around me doesn't have to feel uncomfortable with my grief and my sadness. So I think that's another like forced shift that is, has been very disorienting for a lot of Christian folks. Um, because this pandemic season, and I love that that's the way that we're talking about it, right? It's a pandemic season is, uh, it, it, that is no longer working. And we're like toddlers trying to learn how to walk around in sadness with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, I, I, I hear Chris, what you said at the very beginning, just circling around to like, we've had these tools to cope with going into a new year that have managed to buoy, or maybe it's pseudo even pseudo soothe. I I don't know. Maybe for some people it does. I don't know if it ever did for me because I felt like I would make a goal and I would never reach it. So I was like, why did I do that? (laughs) Um, But in this season, I think you're right. I don't think that's going to be enough to enter a new year. Um, and I'm imagining that if I'm listening to this conversation, I, I got to be a part of it. So I'm like, oh, this is, I love this. And part of the reason, you know, I invited you all here was to have, for people to have an experience of what it is like to talk about these things and to hear, you know, you've mentioned intensives, you've mentioned groups, like, what does that practically look like? How do people find you? How do they get in touch with you? And, you know, what's, what's the process like? Cause it can be so intimidating these days to reach out to therapist after therapist or group after group. And I know so many people are like, yeah, I don't have space. And they just kind of give you another name. And then the person is supposed to just kind of cold call another person. So what is, what is that looking like for your practice in this season? Mm-hmm. I'll go first. So on the story work, spiritual um, counseling, uh, spiritual direction side, we, like we have openings. Um, so the process to get to us is to go to restoration counseling, N-O-C-O.com. And there's a drop down menu, um, that'll give you the option to what, what is it that you're wanting, you know, and if you click spiritual direction or story work, that's going to take you to, um, the team of people that I work with and we do have openings. So people on my staff are available and taking clients right now. Um, I, I am not taking clients right now other than intensive clients. And so that's another Avenue. Those, um, those intensives do fill up quickly. So, 
Um, but that is a, you can click that and that'll also take you to a page where you can learn more about what happens during an intensive. And it's a great space for somebody who knows they want to kind of dive in and do some work and the kind of every other week rhythm is too slow for them. Um, and an intensive includes some prep work. So we do some sessions to get ready for you to come. And then, and then it's coming for two and a half days. We also have a men's intensive group and, uh, two women's group intensives that'll happen in 2022. Um, I think we've just got one spot left in our men's intensive, which is in February and our women's intensive for April is up and registration is open. And so that's another, it, that'd be another great thing for some women to look at. Um, you can go and read more about what that space is and what that includes, but that's coming in April. And then the Thrive Marriage Lab also is another space that can, that I think is great for couples, just wanting some support to be having better conversations. Um, and it is not open right now, but it will open back up after the first of the year. And it's a really affordable way to do something good for your marriage. Um, so you can find that also on the website. I'll toss the ball to you, Chris. You can talk yeah. about the clinical um, side. You know, the, uh, I'll talk about the clinical side also, but I think one of the things that I love about what we have at Restoration Counseling is we have somebody who her title is the Restory Experience Coordinator, okay? Yes. And so her job is to help people find avenues for care. And if there is an avenue for care at Restoration, we, she will help people kind of figure that out. What is the best for you and your situation and your financial situation and your location and what you're looking for and your spiritual background and your, you know, like all those things, that's her job to kind of help identify a, an avenue of care for you. And if that, if that doesn't exist within uh, what we call the restore universe, right? If that doesn't <laughs> exist in the space here, then she also will help you find avenues of care outside. Uh, so whether that's a phone call to, to restoration or an email or the contact form, all of those go uh, to Caitlin, who's our restore experience coordinator to help people find that. And so that we just really wanted to lower the bar to help people navigate through. Cause like you said, Danielle, it is intimidating to just uh -huh. call a thousand, you know, referrals right. and try to get on somebody's list and, and all that. Yeah. So, uh, and then even is it intensive right for me or not? Um, so there's that on the clinical side, uh, of things we are here in Fort Collins, Colorado. And so if you are in Colorado, our therapists can work with you, uh, either in, in our city, but anywhere in the state as well. Uh, and, there are a few spots that are available, you know, a few uh, openings that we currently have, though, in 2022, we have a few new folks that are joining us Hi. as well. So that is really exciting. Uh, so I'm, I'm pumped about that. Uh, and then in, in the work of uh, these intensives, as Tracy said, you know, they do fill up fast. We have all those dates listed out. Uh, and that I think is important just for people to go like, okay, I want something and maybe it's not tomorrow, but I, I know that after the kids are back in school or after, you know, this transition moment, uh, I will have more space. That's important to even, even to have some forethought of like, I need to prepare myself for 
the next season uh, to get that on the calendar. So those are a few ways to get in touch with us for sure. I love that you have that coordinator. Is that what she is? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love that people can call in or email and, you know, and get in touch and then not have to navigate that whole process alone. That's so great. Um, When you think of, you know, I come in, I give you a call and I'm thinking about an intensive or maybe regular therapy. Do, Do people ever do those things together? And if they do, like, is that okay? Oh yeah. I feel like absolutely. Um, an intensive, the design of the intensive is for there to be, you know, an intensive is 15 hours of face-to-face time. A group intensive is even more than that. And so there's what you can do in 15 hours of face-to-face time is kind of taking 15 weeks of time that you would spend in a regular one hour per week scenario. So you can get pretty far. Uh, and I, and we actually love it when people are engaged in ongoing counseling or therapy or spiritual direction, and then also uh, have an intensive, it just makes it, uh, all the better. It's, uh, I, I don't know. I feel, I have all these metaphors floating through my head, but it just feels like a more complete meal, right. That you can, you can have, uh, a better experience in both places to, to get unstuck or uh, accelerate some things or uh, just have that increased care. Yeah. So I guess just like thinking about the new year, like what do you, if someone is saying like, Oh, I feel okay now um, to the person that's just like kind of getting by, what do you tell that person that's thinking about care? (laughs) I think, uh, I love the way you put that. Like, I'm just kind of getting by and a lot of us do that. And I guess I would just say there, what would it be like to imagine that there's more than just getting by that you're worth more than just getting by and the choice to, to seek out, you know, care is it's an investment. And I think sometimes that can be the hardest thing for somebody who's just getting by. It's like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm probably all right. I don't know that I want to make that investment of a hundred, 120, $130, you know, a session to, to sit with somebody. And, um, and I guess I would just say like, there's more, there's more that, that, that choice to do that, might be worth the sacrifice of Starbucks or gaming or, you know, whatever it is that you spend that extra money on. And I would also say you, you don't know what you don't know. So as we invite people to that space, we really are like saying, could you, would you lend us some trust Mm. that, that this is what we do? You know, I might say like, I don't know, I think my pipes are okay. They're probably fine. I mean, that the water's coming out. Right. (laughs) But if a plumber tells me, look, like this is corroded and it is about to burst. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't know. It looks okay to me. Like that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Why wouldn't I trust him that this is what he does. Mm -hmm. And so this is, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. And, and so we're telling you there's more, Mm -hmm. you don't have to just get by and yes, it will be a sacrifice. And, 
It would be investing in yourself and you're, you're worth it. And I love what Chris said. Caitlin is great at helping people. Like, what is it that you can afford and how, how can we work with you to help you find something that would make getting some care for your heart and your soul and your body and your mind workable for you? We would love to help. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Chris? I was just going to say that, you know, I, I hear you say you're just getting by and Yes, 100%, Tracy. Uh, and so when, where I go in that is that someone who's getting by has found some level of uh, management with their coping strategies. And so I just want to invite somebody who's in that space, like, do you want to have a lifetime of coping or do you want to have a lifetime of living? And so you can probably cope for a while that, that, that you will get by. And just as Tracy said, like you're, you're worth actually living. Uh, just like just like you decided, Danielle, that a trainer is something that is worth it to you so that you can both have the physical health and the attention, um, right? We, we don't, in, in other realms uh, outside of soul care, we do things to take care of ourselves. Right. We right. go to the dentist, even if right. we don't have a cavity. <laughs> yes. So that we won't have a cavity <laughs> and, <laughs> or gum disease. And, and those are just, you know, I'm currently getting by with my, my teeth, right? But I should still go to the dentist so that I don't um, have a cavity. Why would we attend to ourselves in those ways and not into the internal ways? Not sure there needs to be much more said after that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how can, I know you've mentioned it before, but I'd just love to hear, um, how can we get in touch with you? We'll have it in the notes, but if you could just say it again for us. Yeah. 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 The best way, uh, two ways. One is 855-RESTORY, R-E-S-T-O-R-Y, 855-RESTORY. That will get Caitlin. or go to the website, which is uh, restorationcounselingnoco.com. I love that. Any final words before we uh, wrap up? Uh, Danielle, thank you for what you do and for being a light and a resource and giving yourself, you and Maggie both, I, you guys are just, you're such a gift. So, and for inviting us to come and be here, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, and, and I would just say like, as we enter into 2022, I'm not saying in this, saying this in the, in the realm of the power of positive thinking. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is what if we were instead to welcome where we currently find ourselves and then wonder what might be available and what might what what does this now do for us versus against us uh, in the invitation to finding space for ourselves without all that noise and finding finding opportunities for care that we wouldn't have sought out if these situations and, and global things weren't the case. What is now available to us? Uh, and, and if that's the mindset that we have in 2022, I feel like we're gonna have a better year. I love that. Thank you so much.